you can't control what governments are going to do. You can't control what COVID-19 is going to do. You can't control what's going to happen a month from now, two months from now. You can only control what you're doing right here, right now. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Now, before we get started, I want you to know my new book is out. It's called The Buddha and the Badass. Firstly, thank you to all of you who supported my first book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, and made it become the number one book in the world on Amazon Kindle. And I cannot wait to get The Buddha and the Badass onto your hands. Now, a lot of people are telling me they love the title, and it's kind of mysterious. What is this book about? Well, here's how I put it, and I'm grabbing it off my shelf right now. I have one of the early copies. I'm so excited. So The Buddha is the spiritual master. The badass is the change maker. You have both inside you. Once you awaken both these archetypes, this transforms the way you work, the way you show up in the world, the way you build your empire. So many of us, we either go deep into spirituality or we go deep into work. What if both of these can be unified? What if the great spiritual masters, if they were alive today, were the ones building companies that could change the world, were the ones who were crushing it at their jobs? And what I put forth in this book is the idea that your spirituality can be brought to work. And when you learn to use these elements of your soul, of your mind, of your spirit, of your consciousness, of tapping into altered states of intuition, you can magnify what you do at work. Now, I was a VP in Silicon Valley many years ago, and I was failing at my job until I went deep into meditation. I was surprised at how I was then able to get promoted In a span of four months, I got promoted three times. And what also happened is that I got so good at my job, I was able to hold down two positions. I was VP of sales and VP of business development for a company with 100 employees because I was that productive. My secret was not optimizing email or learning how to get more things done. It was being able to tap into altered states for flow, for creativity, being able to tap into my mind to visualize outcomes I wanted, being able to connect with people at a deep level. Those strategies I went really deep in over the last 20 years, and I share them in the book, The Buddha and the Badass. The book is nine chapters. You do not have to read it in order. You can read it in any order you want. So pick the chapter that resonates with you. Perhaps it's uncovering your soul print, or it's attracting your allies, or it's activating your inner visionary, or it's building a unified brain, or it's how to bend reality. Now, I know you're going to love this book. You can find out more at mindvalley.com forward slash Buddha Badass. And if you go to that page, forward slash Buddha Badass, there are some incredible offerings. If you pre-order the book, and what I mean by incredible is this, for people who order five copies of the book all this week, and it's only for this week, you're going to get Mindvalley's most advanced and expensive program of the year completely free. The program is called Be Extraordinary at Work. It's a $4.99 program, and it's a six-week coaching program designed to accelerate your performance at work, make you a super performer, and get a raise. Or, if you're an entrepreneur, to double your business. That program is free. So check it out. And now, back to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mind Valley Podcast. I am so excited about our guest today. I'm beaming right now. So I'm sure you've heard of her. 
Mel Robbins is one of CNN's most popular on-air commentators and opinion writers. She's the host of Stay Connected with Mel Robbins, a live global positivity check-in broadcast airing on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. She is the host of The Mel Robbins Show, but you probably heard about her because of a TED Talk. Her TED Talk has 22 million views, making her one of the go-to experts on change, confidence, decision-making, for the world's leading brands. But that's not all when it comes to Mel Robin. Mel wrote a series of books, the most famous of which is The Five Second Rule. It broke publishing records, becoming not just a New York Times number one bestseller, but the number one audiobook in the world and the fifth most read book of the year on Amazon. So Mel, welcome to Mind Valley. And there's so much more I can say about you, but you know, among my audience, people know of you, and I know they're all going to be equally excited. Well, I'm honored to be here. I always get embarrassed when people read my bio. I don't know why. It's like, you know, this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And I don't feel like any of those things. I feel like I'm just here to share things and to break down really difficult concepts into super simple action steps. That's the gift that I've been given. You know why I think people resonate so well with you? I was just watching a couple of your videos, right? You are so real and natural. You don't feel like a personal growth teacher. You don't feel like Deepak Chopra, you know? And what I mean by that is you feel like a wise friend, a friend who has their shit together, is real, vulnerable, and there for you. And that's what makes you really different. Thank you. It's definitely a journey. I am riding the wave of this unprecedented moment, just like everybody else. And in fact, interestingly, just on Sunday, I had the first anxiety attack that I have experienced in six years. And it was really startling because I thought that shit was in the rearview mirror. After 25 years of struggling with anxiety, I thought I had put it behind me. And so to wake up on Sunday morning and look out the window and feel that nightmarish, familiar feeling of the anxiety rising up and taking over was super startling. And I think that one of the things that you do so well, and it certainly is something that is a cornerstone of my work, is that as human beings, we are meant to grow. And when you stop growing, your soul and your heart and your spirit dies. But as you move through life, it is unavoidable to face things that are challenging, face disappointment, face things that are just absolutely heartbreaking. And what my work centers around is equipping myself, my kids, all of our fans, all of humanity, to the extent I can reach people with the simple tools that give you the ability to have self-awareness and to have the ability to pause before your emotions take over and take you down a negative spiral. I suffer from the same triggers that everybody else does. I go up and down and I find that sharing what I'm going through helps me selfishly to get it out and it also is a teaching tool because in real time, I'm processing the same shit as everybody else. Right. And one of the big things you speak about is courage. 
And mm-hmm. it's something that's so relevant to everyone in the world today because there's so much uncertainty, so much fear. Now, to quote you, you said, it's okay to be scared. Being scared means you're about to do something really, really brave. Let's talk about that since you touched upon that. Every time I get on Zoom calls right now with my audience and I ask them, how are people feeling? One of the biggest things is this sense of anxiety and fear because people don't know what's going to happen. Today, for example, oil prices hit negative, right? What does that mean? Does that mean I can go down to the gas station and sell the gas in my car to somebody? Is that what that means? I don't even know what that means. You know what happened? One of my engineers explained it to me. The price of oil has dropped so much, so much that now if you have a barrel of oil, basically there's so many unused barrels of oil, you have to pay to store them. They've run out of storage facility. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Right. But again, this creates a level of uncertainty in the world because so many developing countries have the economies relying on oil, right? From Russia to the Middle East. And what happens if those economies collapse? What happens if the people, the strong arm leaders, whether you like them or not, like Putin, who are holding these countries stable, what happens if they suddenly are swept away by a revolution? What's going to happen to the world? And that's where that fear and anxiety comes from. There just seems to be so much change happening all at once. So my question for you, and I know I'm asking this on behalf of everyone else listening, is what do we do when we're in the face of so much uncertainty? Well, when you are in the face of so much uncertainty, which we all are right now, what you have to do is you have to win the battle that you can win, which is the battle with your own mind. You see, you can't control what governments are going to do. You can't control the price of oil. You can't control what COVID-19 is going to do. You can't control what's going to happen a month from now, two months from now. You can only control what you're doing right here, right now. And so if you have the propensity to get triggered by the unknown, which most human beings do, you have to fight to focus on the stuff you do know. So right now in this moment, you know what I know? I know that if you're watching this conversation, you're safe. I know that you have access to the internet. I know that you're still alive. And so safety and health is the number one thing that if you have that covered, you can focus on this moment and bringing your mind back to this moment and saying, I may not know what's gonna happen. I may not like how people are handling it, but I do know that I am safe right now and that I will be able to face whatever is coming. When you start to get into the pattern and the habit of spinning thoughts about what's coming, you will lose the battle with your mind, your health will tank, your mood will tank, your relationships will tank, your outlook will tank. It all begins with making a decision that you are not gonna allow that shit in your mind. That is the one thing that you can control. And what's happening for so many people right now is that our moods and our decisions and our thought patterns actually begin in our bodies. So our nervous systems are hardwired to trigger certain thinking patterns. And it dates back to patterns that you learned when you were a kid. So if uncertainty for you as a kid meant, "Uh uh-oh, is dad coming home and drunk? And do I need to be on edge and I get hypervigilant so that I don't get in the crosshairs? Or maybe uncertainty was, "Uh uh-oh, mom seems a little critical. Is she disappointed? Is she upset? Am I gonna get in trouble? And so you developed this propensity to start to worry about what's coming. The second as an adult, 
you get into a situation where you start to feel like you don't know what's coming, before your mind even realizes it, your nervous system recognizes it because your mind may have forgotten the pattern, but your body sure remembers it. And boom, this kind of habitual worrying can take over like that. So you're not only dealing with the triggers that are in the present moment, you're dealing with past patterns of thinking, whether it's worry or anxiety or it's perfectionism or procrastination or hypervigilance or assuming something bad is going to happen, whatever it may be, that is getting triggered for people at a profound level. And so what I want to do today with you is I want to give you some simple tools so that you can create some psychological distance, just a micro moment between the thing that triggers you. Let's create a little moment, a pause, if you will, where you can have self-awareness and where you can insert a moment of control and then hand you the tools to redirect your mind to something positive. Because here's what I know. This isn't going to last forever. I know that oil prices may momentarily tank, but when we flatten the curve, we will go back to life and people will need oil. I know that there's going to be a lot of people that really suffer because they lose their jobs or they lose their homes or they are struggling to find the basic supplies. One good thing about what's happening right now is this is not happening just to you. This is a global crisis and there are a tremendous number of resources out there. So you can focus on all the shit that you can't control or you can focus on this moment and the fact that right now you're healthy and okay and then you can develop a mantra from this moment to remind yourself to calm your ass down and focus on the fact that if something bad happens, you will face it then. I love that response. I love that. What is this tool? I'm curious to know now. What is this tool that you're going to teach us? Can we get into that? Yes. So the first thing that I want everybody to do is you've got to be able to see or name the thing if you want to tame it. So if you just take out a piece of paper and you write down everything on a simple piece of paper or in a notebook that triggers you to worry, to feel anxious, to be uncertain, that's number one. Because part of what we need to teach you to do is you can see this stuff coming. If you don't label all the things that trigger you, then what's going to happen is your nervous system gets triggered which then takes you into a worry and an anxiety, a fight or flight adrenaline response that hijacks your mind. And before you know it, your thoughts are scrambling and it's hard to bring yourself down once your thoughts go haywire. So I want you to write down all the things. For me, my biggest moments of anxiety are first thing in the morning. And I have tremendous experience with this personally. So I struggled with anxiety for 25 years. I was medicated for it. The medication saved my life. I had such severe postpartum depression when our first daughter was born, who's now 21, that I couldn't be left alone with her. That's how scary it was. So my expertise comes not from studying this. It's from living this and having to figure out how to save my own ass from my own mind. And about six years ago, I started using something I called the five-second rule to interrupt my thoughts that were negative, that would send me spiraling. And drag my mind to consciousness, to the prefrontal cortex in five seconds flat. And I trained myself to start to rewire my own patterns of nervous system gets triggered, my mind goes haywire. 
I interrupt it using what I call the five second rule. I'm going to teach it to you in a second. I draw my focus back to my prefrontal cortex, which gives me immediate control of what I'm thinking. And boom, I drop in what I call an anchor thought to anchor myself down. So the first step of this is I want you to write down everything that triggers you. For me, waking up to a new day where there's a lot of uncertainty or something's going on, facing all of that is where my anxiety comes. You know, I hit rock bottom in my life 11 years ago. My husband was in the restaurant business. It was going under. We were $800,000 in debt, about to lose the house. I was drinking way too much because numbing your problems is the easiest way to deal with them, but it backfires. So Mel, this situation the world is in, you've been here. Because I read your oh, bio yeah. when your husband was oh, starting yeah. that pizza restaurant and you guys yes. were $800,000 in the hole, almost yes. losing your money, almost losing all your savings. I mean, I couldn't pay for groceries. The bankruptcy letters were coming. The car was about to be repossessed. We had three kids. I was unemployed. It was so bad. I could not get my ass out of bed. I was 41 years old and I never thought that my life would turn out like this. Just like, look, you didn't choose to be in this situation with this pandemic, but you can choose how you build a response to it. And that's where I need you to focus all of your energy, all of your thoughts, that you didn't choose this anxiety crock pot we're all cooking in, but we can choose how we insulate ourselves from the uncertainty and we build emotional resilience and we ground our minds. And so I couldn't get out of bed I mean, I would hit that How snooze long ago button. was this, Mel? 11 years. So I couldn't get out of bed. The alarm would ring. I'd hit the snooze button four or five times. My mind would be full of all of the problems, all of the uncertainty. How the fuck am I going to get out of this? I'm the worst mother. The kids have missed the bus. I hate my husband. I'm a failure. All of it. It was like the weighted blanket psychologically keeping me in bed. And so my life changed. And you can change your life with one decision. In fact, I think we're all just one decision away from a totally different life. And if you make the decision today after watching this and listening to this to change how you think, your whole life will change. And so what happened for me is one night I was watching TV and I was giving myself this little pep talk, like, all right, I got to pull it together. I got to stop drinking. I got to find a job. I got to stop screaming at my husband. I, I got to start talking to my friends. I got to, I got to pull my, I got to, I got to do something. I got to change. And I see this rocket ship launch across the television screen. And it gave me this crazy idea that maybe if I launched myself out of bed, if I move fast enough, maybe I'd move fast enough and I'd be gone before the anxiety and depression hit. Maybe there was a window of time where you could move before the anxiety and depression, boom, takes you down. Now, look, I had had four Manhattans that night, so I was pretty plowed because it sounds like a stupid idea. You know what I'm saying? But for whatever reason, I'll never forget it. It was a Tuesday morning in February outside of Boston, Massachusetts. That alarm went off. And here's the thing I want everybody to understand. Your whole life comes down to micro changes. And these changes happen in a five-second window. There's a five second window between feeling the terror of this moment and finding courage or feeling the terror of this moment and having a panic attack. There's a five second window between feeling motivated to go for a walk or to sit down and focus and five seconds later, you've talked yourself out of it. Everything happens in this five second window and that's where the power is. 
So that morning, Tuesday in February, 11 years ago, the alarm goes off. Now, I immediately remembered I should get out of bed. Just like you know exactly what you should be doing, the small things that will make your day a little bit better. I knew it, but then this five-second moment of hesitation opens up. And I started thinking about what I needed to do instead of doing it. And that's where all of the emotion and all the anxiety and all the depression, it comes right into this five-second moment of hesitation. I could feel myself reaching for the snooze button because it was a habit. I did it every single morning as avoidance and denial and numbing. But then I did something that I'd never done in my life. I started counting backwards, just like the space programs do when they launch a rocket. Works in any language, only works if you count backwards, does not work if you count up. Started counting five, four, three, two, one, just like a rocket launch. And boom, I stood up. It was this craziest thing. And that was that. The next morning I used it again. The next morning I used it again. By the third morning, I thought this is very weird, but I was so desperate. I said, instead of getting resigned and cynical, why don't you just test this thing? Anytime you're in a moment, Mel, where you don't feel like doing something or you're emotionally triggered or procrastination's kicking in or fear or anxiety, just count backwards, let's see what happens. I'll be damned. Counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one. It made me pick up the phone and start looking for a job, five, four, three, two, one. I put the booze over here and walked in that direction, five, four, three, two, one. I settled my nervous system. Instead of screaming at my husband, Chris, I'm able to talk to him calmly. Using this tool, my whole life changed. Now, I never intended to tell anybody because it sounds stupid and I didn't know why it worked. No idea. And that all changed in 2011 when I was asked to give that TEDx talk. Now, by this point, I had gotten a job. Chris's restaurants were turning around because he was using the five-second rule to make the courageous decisions that he had been avoiding. Everything was great. And somebody asked me to give a talk about finding a new job, about careers, about goals. It was not about the five-second rule. That was the first speech I'd ever given in my life. If you want to know what it looks like to have a 21-minute long panic attack, watch my TED Talk. For people who are going to be looking for this TED Talk, is this the one called How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over? Yes. 22 million views. Amazing. I literally have a bright red rash on my neck as I'm talking. I forgot how to end the thing. I casually mentioned the five-second rule at the end because I forgot what I was supposed to talk about. A year goes by. Nothing changes in my life. And all of a sudden, somebody reaches out on Facebook and asks me to speak. And they said that they had seen the speech in San Francisco. I'm like, What's, what are you talking about? They're like, it's on Facebook. I'm like, it's on Facebook. They had put it on Facebook. It had like a million views. So I started being asked to speak about the five-second rule. And it became this organic phenomenon. And I spoke for free about it for a couple of years. And then I realized everybody at these events but me was getting paid and I'm a moron. And about four years ago or five years ago now, I started speaking professionally and I became the most booked female speaker in the world. What? Congratulations. That is amazing. Thank you. 111 speeches in 2018. And then we focused on wow. launching a talk show. But so... The thing about the five-second rule is it's not mine. It's for the world. And what I'm really excited and why I'm excited to come back to teaching it to you and how you use it with identifying triggers and with anchor thoughts is it's way more than a motivational tool. It is a weapon that you can use 
against programming in your mind that you want to upgrade. And here's how you're going to use it. Because it's being used by healthcare practitioners in psychiatric practices. It's being used in inpatient settings in psychiatric hospitals. It is being used by pediatricians to help kids with anxiety. It's being used by veterans organizations to help people with PTSD. It is a fundamental science-backed tool that is classified as a starting ritual in habit research. A starting ritual is something you can use to trick your own mind. See, all of the negative shit that you do, whether it's procrastinating or worrying or anxiety, it's all stored right here in this part of your brain. This part of your brain automates all your behavior. Any negative pattern that you feel like you don't want anymore in your life, we can interrupt that pattern and we can replace it with a new pattern. But first, you got to learn to interrupt the pattern. And so what happens when you use the five-second rule is counting backwards does something really powerful. When you go five, four, three, two, one, it requires focus when you first start using it, which is this puppy right here, the prefrontal cortex. When you count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, the counting draws your focus to your prefrontal cortex and awakens it. So by the time you get to one, the part of the brain that is responsible for courage, for learning new behavior, for strategic decision-making, and for being intentional and conscious has just woken up. The act of counting backwards, five, four, three, two, one, is an intentional act that interrupts a pattern of worrying or a pattern of negative self-talk or a pattern of anxiety that's automated. The act of counting is the first thing you choose to do to say, screw you, I'm not gonna listen to that. By the time you get to one, your mind is now primed to receive different information because it's ready to focus on something. So when you identify all the triggers that trigger you to feel anxious or worry or out of control right now, what you're now going to do is we're gonna come up with a pattern that we wanna replace. Because if your coping mechanism for anxiety in the morning is to lie in bed and to feel anxious as hell and to start getting depressed and then to sleep till noon, we wanna replace that with getting up and getting out of bed and getting outside. And this change is gonna happen in a five second window. So we identify the trigger. I feel depressed, I stay in bed, I oversleep, I don't get up, then I wake up and feel horrible. Okay, that's the trigger, the morning, the alarm goes off, great. We're gonna use the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, and we're gonna replace it with a different behavior that you've already planned. I'm getting up, it doesn't matter how I feel, I'm getting up. It might be that your coping mechanism is to hit the bong or to drink too much at night because that's the only way you can get your mind to quiet down, right? Because we all are feeling something right now called moral fatigue. Have you heard this term before? Moral fatigue, really important to understand. If you feel like you're more exhausted than ever and you don't understand why because you're just sitting on your ass all day, let me tell you why you're exhausted right now, like exhausted in your bones, and why at the end of the day, you just want to numb out. So here's why. A month or two months ago, depending upon where you live in the world, going to the store and buying milk was a very automated proposition. You got to the store, you got walked in, you got your milk, you left. Now, it requires complex processing. It requires your prefrontal cortex to fire up and go, okay, wait, 
do I have a mask? Do I have supplies? Is the store going to be open? Is there going to be a line? As you're driving along or riding your bike or walking, you see all these people with their masks on and it feels dystopian and weird and people are frowning and it feels scary. And then you go into the store and you're thinking, should I touch this? Should I not touch this? Should I pull out my money? Is there going to be milk? Did somebody touch the milk thing? Should I decontaminate? Does the virus live on plastic? Is it cold? Is it not cold? Should I say hi to this person? Am I standing too close to the cash register? Why can't I come up to the thing? When is this going to end? So by the time you get home, you've basically taken a standardized test. Your mind is like, oh, God. So if you're having a hard time focusing right now, it's because of what they call moral fatigue. Your mind is having to make big moral calls about every small aspect of life right now. Mm. It is gassing you. Your brain is so out of fuel. Your mind is so tired. So your butt may be in the same chair all day long. Your mind has just run four marathons. It's exhausted. So if you notice that you're making unhealthy choices or that you worry the most at night, that's a trigger. So the sun going down might be a trigger. It's a huge trigger for a lot of people. You want to know why? The reason why the sun going down is a huge trigger for a lot of people is that's when they're typically, if you grew up in a house with a lot of conflict, the fighting happened at night. Mm -hmm. So parents coming home from work puts you in a state, whether you realize it or not, of feeling on edge, that something's coming. And so it can be very hard for people that grew up in households with a lot of trauma and conflict to relax at night, which is why it's easy to reach for the booze or the weed or the whatever to zone out. And so instead, you could go to Mind Valley and do one of the yoga classes. You could make it a practice that you're going to watch a whole series of documentaries instead, that you're going to have a choice in place because you know the trigger's coming. Now, when it comes to worry, what you need to do is, again, this comes to one of the things that I've been doing is when I notice that my mind starts to go too far in the future, because lately this is what I've been worried about. And this is a luxurious worry. But the thing that I've been thinking a lot about is, oh my God, what happens if our 21-year-old and our 19-year-old can't go back to college this fall? That is going to be a nightmare for me. Because they're going to be here in the house. And I'm gonna be. But I think about also, when am I going to get back on the speaking circuit? When am I going to be able to be out with people at events? When are we going to be able to get back to things? When I start to go there and I start to feel a level of spinning, I catch myself because it's not going to serve me to worry. That's what everybody needs to understand. Your worrying is not helping you. It's hurting you. And so when I notice my own mind start to go to that place, I use the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one. It's like going, giving yourself your brain a little slap. I awaken this. And then at my desk, I'm not sitting at my desk because we went to my mother-in-law's place in Vermont, but I have a photo of Lake Michigan. I grew up in Muskegon, Michigan. And the state park there is on Lake Michigan, one of the great lakes here in the United States. And it's a beautiful freshwater lake with sand dunes and seagrass, just beautiful. And so I have a photo of it. And the reason why I have a photo of it is because it is a visual anchor that reminds me that better days are coming. 
it's a visual anchor that reminds me that when all of this is over and we flatten the curve together and I emerge back into public life, the first place I'm going to go is to see my folks and I'm going to walk out onto that beach. And so everybody should think about what is the one thing you want to do when this is over that you can't do right now? You know, I want to travel. I want to get on stage again. I want to speak again. Just like you, I was supposed to speak at South by Southwest and so many amazing events. All of that got dashed. So pick one. South by Southwest. Okay. So South by Southwest. So what I want you to do is I want you to find an image of a particular stage, because I know there's millions of them there, that you really see yourself or the sea of people or the big thing. But the, the vision that, that really represents that moment when you are out in public with that many people able to share all of these amazing ideas and talk about this incredible community that you've built. And what you'll notice is that our minds are like boats. And if a boat isn't anchored, it will go with a current and drift away. And the current right now everywhere is extraordinarily negative. Nobody needs to turn on the news. You don't. I can tell you what's happening. People are dying. You're supposed to stay in your house. And we're working on finding a test and a vaccine. That's it. Right. Other than that, there's nothing else new going on. That's it. Believe me, when the stay-at-home orders are lifted, everybody will text you. You don't have to have the news on. But the current right now is super duper negative. And so it's easy to have your mind drift. So you need things to anchor you. A photo of the thing you're going to do, like your photo of South by Southwest and my photo of the shores of Lake Michigan, that is what they call an environmental trigger. That positive environmental trigger anchors your mind in the positive thought that this is going to pass. This is temporary. I'm going to get through this. And when I do, I'm going to go do this thing that I care about. That brings you back into being able to be in the moment and remind yourself, I'm okay. And when something happens that I need to worry about, that's when I'll worry about it. But right now I'm okay. And this is temporary. And that by simply redirecting your mind all day long, you will train your brain, no joke, to start to spot the positive, optimistic things, even in this moment. Wow. Such powerful advice. Mel, when we started this conversation, you mentioned a list, to make a list, to journal the things that were creating that sense of fear or uncertainty. Mm-hmm. How do we bring that list into this whole approach? So there was the list, there was the list, there's the five second rule. And then there's that trigger, that positive trigger. How do we put all three of these tools together? Excellent question. So number one, you're going to make a list of everything that triggers you. It could be the time of day. It could be a thought. It could be a certain news headline. It could be a certain thought worried that maybe your mom or your dad is going to get this or somebody that you love. Could be a thought. A lot of people I've noticed have a lot of thoughts right now about their own health. Whatever the trigger is that causes you to start to worry, write them all down. So now you know they're coming. Whenever one of them hits your brain, you're drifting down the negative current. Use the five-second rule, count backwards, five, four, three, two, one, to anchor yourself back down. Now, on the list of triggers that you have, what you're going to do is you're going to write down either an alternative thought. Hey, I'm not going to worry about that right now. Right now I'm safe. 
If I have to worry about, I'll worry about it when it happens. Saying it's not going to happen is not a great reframe because most people don't believe that. They're worried it's going to happen. Okay. So for example, for me, a worrying thought is, I don't know when my kid's school is going to open again. Right. Okay. And you're wondering the same thing. When are your kids going to be allowed to go back to college? What? So that would be one of the things that's worrying us. What would be the positive vision to that? Okay. So the way that I've handled that, and you know, again, you got to figure out what triggers you and what's going to ground you back into the present, is I don't need to know right now. At some point, it's going to reopen and they'll go back then. What I've done is I've said in my mind, they're going back in January. And that means that since there's so much uncertainty, you can hack certainty two ways. One is creating a daily routine that gives you certainty right now because you can count on your routine being predictable and predictability gives you emotional safety. Two, you can create your own milestones based on what you know from the World Health Organization and based on your own critical thinking. Me personally, I don't think there's any coming out of this where I live until mid-July, maybe. And I don't think there's any way, given that my daughters go to big universities, that they will be ready this fall. Mm -hmm. So my mind goes, I'm not even thinking about it because I think it's January 1. And if it happens sooner, fantastic. Now, what I say to my kids is this. I say, look, your whole life changed dramatically in the last six weeks. And school doesn't reopen for another three or four months. The smartest people on the planet are working on this problem. And so if your life can change for the negative in six weeks, it could also change in the positive in the next six weeks. We just don't know. But just feel good knowing the smartest people in the world are all working on the same problem. And that's a really good thing. Yeah, that's really true. And that gives me so much hope. Just before you, I was speaking to Stephen Kotler, the famous writer and futurist, and he said, never before in the history of science and humanity have we had this many of the world's talent working together to solve one singular problem. Yeah. Okay, now, so we have the list. We have that future vision, whether it's speaking on a particular stage or our kids going back to school. How do we apply the five-second rule? So when you feel yourself getting triggered, So think about when you get triggered, you typically feel it in your body first. Is it the pit in your stomach? Is it the heart racing? Is it the hair on end? What is it? Start to identify that, the thoughts that swirl. The second you feel that coming on, we're interrupting that response. Five, four, three, two, one. And then drop in whatever thought you're replacing the worry with. My kids are going to go back in January. I don't need to worry about this. Right. I like that. I like that. It's so simple, yet so effective. Well, the reason why is because you're planning this ahead of time. You see what triggers you coming, and then you have a plan to replace it before it escalates and hijacks your ability to think. Because the more stressed out you get from worrying, cortisol floods your mind makes it really, really difficult to engage your prefrontal cortex, makes it very difficult to focus on anything else. So we want to see it coming 
Use the five second rule to interrupt the automated nature of it and engage your prefrontal cortex before cortisol takes over. And because you have a go-to thought, you'll be able to switch it up immediately. The having the go-to thought is critical. Look, I heard from a COVID-19 ICU nurse who's using this same exact method all day long to keep herself from succumbing to terror and emotional overwhelm. And what triggers her, they have to wear like double and triple layers right now in the IC COVID units. And so it's super hot and really suffocating because you're so bundled up and nobody can really see your face. And so when she walks into a patient's room and they shut the door behind her, she gets a surge. I don't know if I can handle this. She has a, an immediate trigger that I got to run. This is too much. I feel like I'm suffocating. What if I bring this back to my family? She's using 54321 all day long to close the window on the terror, take a deep breath and move forward toward the checklist. And that's how she's getting through her day. And it's working because she has a plan knowing it's coming. See, most of us hate our anxiety and our worry and our fears so much that when we feel it coming up, we're like, oh shit, here it is. Oh, I don't want to feel it. And then we get all worked up because we're feeling anxious again, which only makes it worse. So this is a simple three-step plan, list of triggers, five-second rule, and a list of things you're going to think of instead. And now you're equipped to have the emotional resilience and the mental flexibility to switch gears so you can take control. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mel. Love that feedback. I love this advice. So make a list of your triggers, apply the five-second rule, and flip to the positive outcome. And it works. And as you mentioned, we can even do this to get ourselves out of bed in the morning. And it's a remarkable way to tame our mind and get us focused on what we need to do to live our best lives. Yeah. And for those of you that struggle with depression, it's remarkably helpful in helping you live successfully with depression because depression lies to you. And especially in a moment like this, when everything feels very heavy, you're not going to feel like getting up. You're not going to feel like exercising, but you know that your depression is just making you think that. So you can use the five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, to push through that dark heaviness of depression and do the actions that your professional counselors and physicians are telling you you need to do right now. Thank you, Mel. Now, for those of you listening, I want you to go to melrobbins.com, M-E-L-R-O-B-B-I-N-S, melrobbins.com. Mel has got a ton of tools, videos, books. I want you to follow her on Instagram. I want you to follow the Mel Robbins show. It's by Sony Pictures Television. It's a daytime talk show. So she has so many upcoming transformative programs available for you. And her new Audible book is the number one you release on Audible. It's called Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins. So I want you to go check that out as well. Now, Mel, as we wrap up, what would be your final words of advice for everyone who's quarantined right now? Don't miss the opportunity of this moment because the days are going to be long, but the months will be short and you will be back to being addicted to being busy and running around like crazy before you know it. And this is a great pause. And I'm not trying to minimize the fact that people are losing their lives. I'm telling you, if you have your health and your family's safety covered, there is enormous opportunity for you 
to practice emotional resilience right now, which is being able to be with discomfort and uncertainty and not be emotionally reactive to it. It's practicing optimism, which is not about just slapping a positive spin on things. It's about knowing that you can have a positive impact on an outcome based on your thoughts and actions. This is a chance to truly go in and work on yourself and work on your emotional skill building and to deepen your connections with the people that you love and with yourself. And to me, given that you don't have to commute, given that you're not filling your time with silly busyness that we're all addicted to, this is also an opportunity for you to take on a project that means something to you that you never seem to find the time for. And by finding a sense of passion, and passion is for you. I love the difference between passion and purpose. Passion is for you. Purpose is what you express to the world. And so this is a moment for you to go inward and to find some sort of project that energizes you and that will stimulate that internal need to feel like you're waking up and you are working on something that you're passionate about. Amazing. Thank you, Mel. For everyone listening, thank you for joining us in the Mind Valley podcast. Don't forget to check out melrobbins.com. Don't forget to leave us a review, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll see you again next week. Vishen Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.